Welcome to the Junkyard Outreach. This is Todd, and thanks for joining me as we go through the scriptures and learn what we can to draw close to Jesus. For more episodes and information, check out junkyardoutreach.com. And now, let's dig in. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastens every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everybody, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. You know, as a believer attending church, studying the scriptures, trying to walk this life, which at times can be miserable, it's difficult. We encounter all kinds of circumstances that make it tough. But if a believer attends a church that does not teach the scriptures faithfully, and many churches don't, then when things become rough in their own lives, discouragement, frustration, anger, etc., begin to develop. And that offers the devil a perfect opportunity to shipwreck the faith of a believer. You know, they say, where is God? Why is he allowing this to happen? What have I done to deserve this? I mean, those are things that we all, at times, I believe, let run through our minds. Well, to the believer, what's happened is they become a child of God, where their father now is God, and he begins to teach us how to live our lives in obedience. This teaching, or chastening, as it's called, it's critical to our growth as new believers into mature believers. And sometimes that training is tough, especially when we don't understand it. And the Israelites experienced this. It's a good opportunity to look back and see what they went through and compare it to what we often go through. So God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, and he established a law through Moses to instruct them in the ways that would bring them close to him and bless them. And chastening, or teaching, was a crucial part of that. Read the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy and see that journey that they took. And man, there were some hard times, but they were learning. They were rejecting God, but God's like, okay, I'll give you a chance, but you mess this up, you're going to get some consequences. And they would do it, and they'd mess it up, and they got consequences, but God never stopped loving them. He never stopped chastening them. Deuteronomy 8, five. know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. And it's a good thing. That's not in there, but that's my addition. It's a good thing when we get disciplined. I didn't like getting disciplined as a kid. I got disciplined a lot because I was a punk, but I look back on it now and that discipline was very important because it established some good parameters that I didn't go spinning out of control too bad. But like the Israelites coming out of Egypt, we have come out of the bondage of sin and learning more about God allows us to come near him and love him. Just like the Israelites, they were in bondage. God delivered him. We were in bondage. God delivered us and God taught them to love him. God teaches us to love him as well. And that love compels us to walk that narrow path. As the love of God fills our hearts and our minds, we become light in the darkness. And that love is rooted in discipline or in chastening, in teaching. Proverbs thirteen twenty four: whoever spares the rod hates his son, 
but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. And as parents, especially you dads, you need to discipline your kids. It doesn't mean you beat them. That's a complete warped view of discipline. It means you teach them, you instruct them, you show them how life works, you establish reasonable consequences for bad behavior, because that's what life does. That's our responsibility. And when we do that, as best we can, we see the benefits in our kids. A lot of kids have grown up without discipline, and you see the devastating consequences now as they get older and try to do life thinking that they can do whatever they want. And what happens is they get hammered. Then I don't understand what's going on. Well, you know, you didn't learn discipline, but God will pick up the pieces and he will use that discipline to teach us. Peter writes in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you into his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. So, as Peter says, we hang in there, knowing our hope is not here in this life, but it's in eternity. But even in this life, the hope that Jesus gives us softens that harsh blow of the enemy and and just life in general. Many stories of believers experiencing horrendous circumstances that would crush the average spirit have been documented showing that this hope in Jesus provides strength to endure the harshest circumstances. And I recall a study on hope, and I can't remember where it's at, but it's always stuck in my head, where the people used were prisoners of war. Those prisoners who were tortured, who were confined, who were mistreated, who were badly injured, who were sick, but they had hope of their release, they endured. While perfectly healthy POWs who experienced none of that, who lost hope, they died for no apparent reason. And that conclusion being that a genuine hope offers strength where the loss of hope can make one fatally weak. Now apply that hope we have in Christ and his eternal glory to this present evil age. Have you seen people freaking out about the present circumstances or what we're predicting in the future? People are spinning out of control left and right. Believers going fetal over issues that are like, come on, man, who's in control here? God's in control. God's allowing things to happen. And what does this say about the church? The church is resisting God's chastening. How can we be taught when we reject teachable circumstances? These circumstances that we live in today give us a perfect opportunity to rise up to the occasion and do what God says to do. And an example of that is in James chapter 5. In verse 7, it says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the latter rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And another way of looking at that is establish your hearts because you're going to die eventually and see God. And do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brother, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. And if you know anything about the prophets, they suffered big time. Go back and read Jeremiah and Isaiah and all those guys. They suffered and they spoke in the name of the Lord. They suffered for their faith, unlike anything we experience. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. And then here's the beauty. Is anyone among you suffering? Yes. Let him pray. Do we do that? No. Is anyone among you cheerful? Yeah. Let him sing praise. Do we do that? No, not really. Is anyone among you sick? Yeah. Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Do we do that? 
No, I do that. Do that to anyone who asks, because I believe it's right here, and I've seen cool things happen because of that. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Do we do that? Not really. The prayer of the righteous person has great power as it's working. So we got some good instruction right there, but we don't do it. It's amazing how many people I ask, have you ever been anointed with oil when you're sick at your church? No, we don't do that. It's like, okay. But those who obey the word, there is such an amazing hope offered by God to those who would simply obey him. And look what Paul said to his young protege, Timothy, as Paul pretty much signed off from life before being executed for Jesus. He said in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who loved his appearing. Good news, everybody. There is laid up in heaven treasure for those who love Jesus, who obey his word. And when we are ultimately face to face with Jesus in eternity, all this drama on the planet will be nothing. So prepare for eternity by living your life in obedience today. Love Jesus and do what the Bible says and you will be blessed. Thank you.